Welcome to the discussion, DevOps and Rapid Application Development in Government, sponsored by GitLab. Here's today's moderator, John Gilroy. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is John Jeremiah, Enterprise DevOps Evangelist and Product Marketing Leader at GitLab. Well, you know, John, billions of lines of code are written every year. Just from your perspective, what are the basic issues with writing all these lines of code and developing software? Well, John, one of the biggest problems people face is how do they manage their software development lifecycle in order to accelerate and go faster? You see, the, the need for software development today is to be able to deliver at the speed of the business. A lot of organizations call are looking for a digital transformation. They're trying to figure out how do they go faster and compete, whether it's in the commercial sector or in the public sector, they have to deliver faster. And to do that, one of the things they've been trying to do is to streamline their delivery life cycle. And their delivery life cycle is the key to how they go faster. And so that's what we're trying to help with and that's what organizations are struggling with is how do they streamline, how do they go faster, how do they remove the roadblocks that slow them down? One roadblock I see is if you look at software development, you almost have a stack where it starts at one point and goes down. And what people are doing now is they're using one tool for part one, part two, part three, part four, and then all the inherent problems with updating the tools and coordinating the tools. That can be a roadblock in and of itself. Absolutely. In, in fact, if you look at what most organizations have done is they've assembled this series of different tools of, of tool A to tool B to C, and then they have to spend an inordinate amount of time and effort keeping those tools connected, keeping them in sync, and it becomes even harder when compliance says to them, time for an audit. Where's the data? Where's the source of truth? These, these organizations incur an enormous cost and enormous overhead because of all of the different tools that they've compiled and they've put together to make it all work. Effectively, they're digital plumbers. <laughs> So we have a software development lifecycle. I guess we have a DevOps lifecycle as well, is that right? Well, yeah, the DevOps lifecycle and the software development lifecycle, I think are often synonymous. DevOps was a principle of bringing together the development team and the operations team, so we had fewer handoffs and fewer barriers. I think of software development lifecycle as being really the next, or DevOps lifecycle being the next evolution of what was traditionally thought of just software development. A lot of software development in the commercial world, we know that. Also in the federal government. So do you think these observations about uh, using tools and, and not using tools is applicable for federal? Oh, more, than, more so than ever. I had a conversation recently with a CTO from the Air Force about how they're rapidly changing the way they develop software and how they're adopting the exact same techniques that are relevant in the commercial sector. They're adopting those techniques in order to be more uh, responsive to the, the threats on the battlefield in order to be able to deliver applications and value to the airmen who need them wherever they are. And so these principles are completely applicable and in fact it's driving I think what's often seen as a, tra a digital transformation that's being applied to government agencies across the board. Now, I think most people watching this or listening to this have heard of repositories or libraries of code and increasingly what developers do is they'll grab code and plug it in there and grab other code and uh, much of this code is open source. And so when I uh, think of GitLab, I think of open core. Open core, open source, what's the difference? Well, you know, the open source movement has been going on for several decades of, of people around the world contributing to building software together, of agreeing to share the work and to build upon each other. And it's become an amazing movement. Businesses like Red Hat and others has evolved out of the open source community in the open source ecosystem. 
OpenCore is a variation of that where GitLab, the company, is we are the custodians and the stewards of the GitLab project and we're, we support an open source version, an open core version of GitLab, which is freely available for people to download, to fork, to change, to build upon. They can use it for their needs and in fact GitLab.com, we have a whole free version of it available for people to use. Now, open core means that free part exists and we're stewards of that. We then build additional features that are important for enterprises, for other agencies and businesses that, that deliver additional value on top of the open source platform. When people talk about GitLab, they talk about uh, continuous integration, continuous delivery. It seems to fit in very nicely with what's popular in the federal government, which is continuous monitoring. That's a primary concern here. It seems to be all, all coming together. Correct. Well, this, the principles of continuous, it started with continuous integration, the principle that developers were going to continuously test and whenever they made a change to their code, they would check it in and build it and test it and integrate it. And then it evolved to continuous delivery where they were going to automate and deliver their working application to test environments or to production. Continuous monitoring is, is the natural outgrowth of that, which means that we're going to introduce monitoring in early in the development lifecycle, and we're going to monitor and evaluate how our application is performing, and are there anomalies or things that would indicate that there might be a security incident happening. So that way we're aware of it when it happens, and we can respond and react to it quickly. If I were to sit down with a software developer in the federal community here, I'm sure we talk about deploying, scaling, and managing different systems. And I'm sure they could name two or three tools off, the, off their hand for, well, this is what we use for deploying, this is what we use for management. And, and sometimes they don't realize that just the fact that they know these several different tools, that can kind of reduce the speed of an iteration, can't it? It absolutely can. It, it, it reduces the speed. It also incurs a cost to bring on new developers. If a new developer joins the team, how many different tools do they have to learn? How many different user interfaces? How many different places do they have to worry about managing security and access to those tools? All of those additional points really incur what we've called a tool tax, if you will. <laughs> Every new tool you add to that tool chain is, is a tax, it's an overhead that you have to continue to manage and maintain. You know, I, I refer to it as being digital plumbers. Well, oftentimes that digital plumbing can be leaky and you're always going back and trying to fix those leaks and trying to manage it. And this is a problem we see in large enterprises we see that in large agencies, in large programs and projects, this is a very real challenge that is impacting teams' ability to deliver faster. My guest today is John Jeremiah, Enterprise DevOps Evangelist and Product Marketing Leader at GitLab. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion, DevOps and Rapid Application Development in Government, sponsored by GitLab on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network. GitLab is the first single application built from the ground up for all stages of the DevOps lifecycle for product development, QA, security, and operations teams to work concurrently on the same project. GitLab makes secure real-time collaboration simple, allowing teams to contribute in a single conversation instead of managing multiple threads across dozens of tools. Now teams can collaborate across one data store, one user interface, and with one permission model covering the entire DevOps lifecycle. Less time better software, secure all the while. To learn more, visit about.gitlab.com slash public sector. 
Welcome back to the discussion, DevOps and Rapid Application Development in Government, sponsored by GitLab on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. My guest today is John Jeremiah, Enterprise DevOps Evangelist and Product Marketing Leader at GitLab. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. You know, when uh, you're in the airport or you're in an event and you meet someone and you try to explain to them what GitLab is all about, how do you differentiate GitLab from the other products out there? Well, you know, one of the ways things I often find myself doing is explaining to people what is it that GitLab actually does. And, and I often start with a simple analogy of people often understand what an automobile factory looks like. They can imagine all of the different parts coming together in the factory and the machines and the tools that help, it, help an assembly line work to put the car together. In a lot of ways, GitLab is similar. GitLab really is a lot like a software development factory. It has the tools and the capabilities that an organization or a project needs to manage their work, to plan their work, to, to track and manage the changes of their source code, reviewing the changes, keeping track of one version from another, and then automating the key steps. We call it continuous integration, of continuously integrating each change and testing the application and testing the code changes to make sure they work. We, we include security, scanning, dynamic and static scanning to make sure that the, each change doesn't introduce new vulnerabilities. And we continue on the factory and the pipeline, what we call a pipeline or a tool chain, to deliver that code into an environment where it can, be, where it can run in a container using Kubernetes to manage it. I really think of it, and the best way to describe GitLab is a software development factory that allows an organization or a team to quickly stand up and start delivering software as fast as possible. You know, we all know the old quote, no man is an island, and no app is an island today. All kinds of dependencies and hybrid clouds and new types of clouds and, and transitions. Um, every system now is integrated. So how does your product work with portfolio management? We talked about scanning earlier, but, but testing is important to the federal government also. Well, you know, that's right. And we've, we've approached solving this problem by having a complete solution to start with, but we also have built what is a very open and extensible API or programming interface that allows connections to be made into GitLab or out of GitLab. You know, we have integrations to portfolio management and product project management tools. We have integrations to other continuous integration engines. So really where GitLab offers value is in each of the points along the, the journey it offers value. The ultimate value is on the end-to-end -end solution, but we know that organizations and teams will, will have their tools of choice and they will use specific point solutions as well in addition to how GitLab will deliver value. I was talking to a software developer and he was talking about Python and Go and he said, it's all about the API. <laughs> it sounds like you would agree. It, it is all about the API. The API is what allows you to interact in, with an application. It, it really, it's the, the handshake. It's the way you talk to and from an application that gives you the ability to, to make it do exciting and interesting things. Uh, that's how you extend applications. That's how a lot of modern software is built through APIs and connecting things together. Well, we go for a simple phrase like API to a very impressive long word that you can impress your neighbors with and people might think you're smart and the word is Kubernetes. And so, you know, you hear this in conversations bat, bat around here and there. So tell us what exactly this big word is and what's it got to do with GitLab? Well, you know, when I, Kubernetes is, is, is not as complicated as it sounds. 
but to back up, just a little history as to how to, what is Kubernetes and why is it important. If we look back at how did software get built and how were applications built just a few years ago, we were using virtual machines. You know, beyond, before that even, we would build it all onto a server, a machine that was unique. And that was incredibly expensive. It was error prone. It was difficult. And the revolution of virtualizing the hardware came forward and allowed us to go much faster. But we've moved further than that to where now we've, we've gone to containers. Docker is a form of a container which eliminates the need for a virtual machine. You can have lots of containers running side by side. And in fact, the power of containers is that we can have lots of individual containers performing a function and then going away. And the proliferation of containers becomes a very real challenge to manage it. And what Kubernetes is effectively is an orchestrator, a way to manage a whole you know, fleet of containers that work for you and run your application. Where, the, where Kubernetes will allow you to help scale up or scale down depending upon how the application is performing. It really takes a lot of the complexity of managing multiple containers and makes it simpler and easier so you can focus on the application and the service that you're delivering. So in some areas, your product from GitLab could almost be considered to be a, uh, a container orchestration system almost, because it can coordinate a lot of the activities, or is that just too limiting? Well, it, it, we're certainly going in that direction. It, and it, as I look at our roadmap and as we're evolving, part of what we're building is the ability to, to both plan and manage building the application to deploying and managing the application as it runs. So we have the ability to do canary deployments of deploying just one or two containers to see how it's going to scale or to do uh, incremental deployments where you deploy a little bit at a time and gradually deploy more over time. So in, in a way, yeah, I, th I think that's correct. And we're continuing to evolve in this direction because we know that the future of cloud native applications and microservices, teams are going to need to manage their products like that. Now in this environment, we're talking about orchestrating different systems and containers and hybrid cloud. It seems like scanning would be, would be difficult. And, and in the federal government, they talk about uh, static scanning and dynamic scanning. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts in these systems, and, and that's where your product fits in as well. Is that right? Well, and, and you're right. And that's one of the biggest challenges is that with so many different moving parts in an application, all the different pieces of code, all of the different libraries that are included, security is one of the most important things that you can't let be, you can't leave it till the end of the development life cycle. You know, traditionally we'd often let secu leave security at the very end, and it would take days or weeks for a security team to evaluate an application. That won't work anymore. Today you have to scan early, you have to scan often, and you have to always be looking at what are the vulnerabilities and potential risks that are within the application so you can remediate it as you go. And so that's where dynamic scanning and static scanning are so critical, along with containers scanning and dependency scanning. You can't really leave any part of the application unchecked. If you uh, read the literature about uh, uh, orchestration, uh, a word that pops up is microservices. It seems like just in the last four or five years, more and more people are, are in addition to just apps, there's bundles of apps called microservices. And this is part of the puzzle too, which fits well with GitLab. Right. But, and the, the, what's happening though is because we're going from very large monolithic applications that are you know, massive applications built where there are tight interdependencies within the applications, we're moving to a world of what would be called cloud native or small microservices that can exist by themselves and they can be improved as, they, as you go. It gives teams amazing flexibility to be responsive and to react to changes in the market or changes that their users and citizens expect. My guest today is John Jeremiah, 
enterprise DevOps evangelist and product marketing leader at GitLab. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion, DevOps and Rapid Application Development and Government, sponsored by GitLab on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. GitLab is the first single application built from the ground up for all stages of the DevOps lifecycle for product development, QA, security, and operations teams to work concurrently on the same project. GitLab makes secure real-time collaboration simple, allowing teams to contribute in a single conversation instead of managing multiple threads across dozens of tools. Now teams can collaborate across one data store, one user interface, and with one permission model covering the entire DevOps lifecycle. Less time better software secure all the while to learn more visit about.gitlab.com slash public sector welcome back to the discussion devops and rapid application development government sponsored by gitlab on federal news radio part of the federal news network my guest today is john jeremiah enterprise devops evangelist and product marketing leader at gitlab i'm your moderator john gilroy you know um when I think about uh, GitLab's, I think about iterative development and um, your company has had over 90 monthly releases. It looks like you're using your own product to release quickly. And so uh, how does GitLab achieve this velocity? It's a great question, John. And, and in fact, GitLab, you know, we use Git, you're right. We use GitLab to build GitLab. We use GitLab to run GitLab. Uh, we run the company using GitLab issues. We plan marketing events. We plan activities using GitLab. Uh, we use the we use GitLab for everything we do, but there's a lot, a couple of things we do that I think are really special and important to understand that allow us to move as fast as we move. You're right; it was 90 releases, 92 consecutive releases every month, and we do over 120 deploys per day to GitLab.com. And how do we do it? That is agile software development, isn't it? <laughs> it well, it, it is agile and it, it's iterative, and so we do a couple of things. One of the things we've done is we've eliminated our silos. Now, now, I don't mean organizationally we've eliminated the silos. I mean digitally we've eliminated the silos. We use Slack and we use messaging to communicate with each other. We communicate about issues together. We work in a transparent way that allows us to coordinate across teams. So that way legal or QA or security and the UX team, they're all involved from the very beginning with anything new we're planning. So that's one. Two, we've, we've embraced the idea of small incremental changes. Now, I don't, if you think about small changes as what people would call minimum viable product, well, we, we've taken that to the next level, actually several levels. We call it minimum viable change. Minimum viable change means the smallest, most substantial thing we can do to make something better. And so therefore, we put a change out and we get feedback and we go faster because we're getting feedback quicker and that fast feedback helps us to move. Now, we use GitLab. Our continuous integration, our pipelines build in security and build testing into the process as we're going. So GitLab helps us to accelerate and go faster. And, and so if I had to summarize in just three key things, those would be the three I'd highlight as to how do we go as fast as we go. Uh, and of course, we're using you know, containers and Kubernetes, which help us to deploy quickly and roll back. But, but I would focus on eliminate the silos, small changes, and automation helps us to go faster. Many of our viewers may or may not work in a classified environment. This is Washington, D.C. And, uh, you know, commercial organizations and federal organizations are all looking for clear developers. What relationship does GitLab have with maybe help, helping in this situation? Well, it's interesting. It's a really common challenge, especially when you're trying to find developers who can hold, gain and maintain a security clearance. Now, one of the things we've built into GitLab is, is a capability that I think is unique and, and helps people who are building projects like this. 
a lot of times, a lot of the development work can be done with unclassified developers on the low side. And GitLab supports that. We have a capability called Project Export, which allows an, a development team to build out the capability to the requirements, and then to hit a button and export the entire construct of the project. The changes, the comments, the commits, the whole project gets exported, and then can be walked into the high side environment and turned over to the classified, the cleared developers to continue the work. It's almost like a nice filter, isn't it? It's like obfuscating specific names. As long as it works, it can be transferred and, right. and applied. That's right. And, and it, it makes it easier for team, for organizations to have these two different groups of developers, some working on the low side, others working on the high side. And it's perfect because it, it's, it's almost a, a beautiful way to develop code for a secure environment because they don't have to know what this object is that they're that's developing right. for. That's right. And that's a strategy a lot of organizations are, are taking and we're, we're able to support it and make it easier to do that because they're able to take their whole project and then simply export it out. And so if the goal is to deliver software as fast as possible, this is a tool that will enable that, won't it? That's right. And, and it's one of the things that is, as, you know, as we look at rapid application development to respond to the changing threats and the changing challenges in the world, uh, the tools will either enable you to go faster or they will be a hindrance. And we, we like to believe that what we're building at GitLab is enabling people to go incredibly faster. Earlier we talked about Toolchain. And uh, let's go and revisit Toolchain and, and see how it, how it fits in with all these concepts we just discussed as far as project export and everything else. But where does the Toolchain really fit in at the end of the game here with all these different concepts we talked about? Well, it really starts from the early stages of planning. It starts with how do you plan and organize the work you're going to do. And so within GitLab, we manage issues and epics and planning, and we connect that seamlessly then into the actual use cases and the software development. You know, traditionally, people think the tool chain starts with automation and where you know, a developer commits code and then it goes through a series of automated testing and then automated deployments. But the reality is the tool chain is the whole life cycle and you've got to think about how do you keep track of the work that's underway and manage it all the way through to production, including monitoring and understanding how the application is performing. That whole view of the life cycle is what people need to have in order to be able to respond to what's happening in the environment. Many of the people in Washington, D.C., they have a word they toss around with great fear and trepidation, it's audit. <laughs> and so, can this assist in the audit process? Well, it, it absolutely can. I mean, imagine the audit process when you have you know, 12 different tools that are managing the life cycle. That means there's 12 different potential sources of data, 12 different places you have to go find it. With GitLab, with our approach, there's one. There's one place to go find and, and to validate that you're data is in the right, that the data is there to prove that you did what you said you're going to do. There's one place to establish the rules and the permissions to ensure that the, that the process is, is being complied with. And so this was just with documentation as well because that goes hand in hand with the audit process. So documentation is built in, security is built in in an iterative process where it's not just lip service to rapid software development. And you've heard that phrase for years, but this really is putting it in work boots. It is. It's making it real. Now, at the end of the day, people have to commit to working in a different way, to working faster. They have to commit to putting in certain documentation steps into their pipeline based upon what their, their policies or requirements are. But having it all in one place makes it easy for organizations to build and manage their software and to do it in a way that's both compliant and secure. I'd like to thank today's guest, John Jeremiah, 
enterprise DevOps evangelist and product marketing leader at GitLab. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, and you're listening to Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search GitLab. Thank you for listening to the discussion DevOps and Rapid Application Development and Government, sponsored by GitLab on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.